The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe even leave a review if you're feeling charitable and generous. We like that. If you would like your own podcast, you can go to pod617.com to get started. It's what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. We produce shows and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Just had someone in the studio today recording their first episode. He was wicked good. He's going to be a wicked big podcast star. I won't tell you who it is because we haven't launched yet. But if you would like that opportunity, you can do it here in our Westwood Mass Studios or right from the comfort of your home. We'll send you out a really good quality microphone pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, and Pod We Trust. Well, my guest is, is sitting here in the virtual studio waiting very patiently. So I'm sorry, Regina, but I have the pleasure of welcoming from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., family lawyer Regina DeMeo. Let's properly welcome her to the show. Yeah. It's Friday. I'm mustering up as much energy as I can that I have remaining in my body for the last few hours of this day. How are you doing? How's your Friday, Regina? I'm good. I'm about to go play golf, so it can't get any better. You, my sleuthing revealed that you're a big golfer. You like that sport. I do. When yeah, you... I just got into it during COVID. Oh, okay. That's a COVID-friendly activity. It is. If, you, if you're terrible at it, then you have to walk farther to find your ball, and then that's even more social distancing, So, right? So that's good. So we're going to talk to Regina a little bit about what she does, about the rough and tumble world of family law. We're going to play a round of burning questions where I ask Regina a series of would-you-rather questions. Don't worry, nothing dirty, but would you rather do this or that? And then at the end, we'll both recommend something good to you in the future we call good stuff. But first of all, tell us, do you – enjoy being a family law attorney because a lot of people think that divorce is the, the it's a war zone and you know it's not for the faint of heart you look no worse for the wear you look like a very vibrant invigorated person right now so what's going on there do you enjoy it well yeah thank you for the compliment yeah <laughs> if i didn't love it i would not have done it for 24 years so I, I do enjoy that each family is different. The needs of each kid vary from one family to the next. So the schedules are different. The, the situation is, is, is always interesting to me. And even though it's a sad period in the beginning, by the end, I see this amazing transformation. So my clients might start off devastated. And once the reality kicks in, this is an opportunity for a new beginning and they sort of the uncertainty is gone and they settle down a little bit. It's really amazing to see how they pull together with their families and, and like the inner strength that they find. So I focus on that part. You allow the caterpillar to become the butterfly. That's what you're doing there, right? When, after they do this transformation, do any of your clients ever invite you to a divorce party? I heard that's a thing. I, I know that they've done them. I have not gone. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story recently about a bride who 
burned her wedding dress in the middle of the road as part of her <laughs> celebratory divorce things. How does that strike you? <laughs> you know, whatever, that's probably cathartic. Whatever makes you right. feel better about and the end to one relationship and then allows you to open up to future ones, you do what's you, like best for you. Have you ever had a case where clients were fighting over something unusual? I guess I've seen so many bizarre things that I no longer, I don't know what would qualify as unusual. How, I about, mean, how about pets? Does that happen a lot? Yes, it does. That's why it's not unusual. Yeah. <laughs> Any unusual pets or just, you know, we're talking the typical dogs? It's usually dogs and cats. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm reminded of this. Sorry, I do this. I have... Oh. Terrible ADD, but I'm reminded of this scene from Harry and when Harry met Sally, which I'm going to play for you and for our audience and get your reactions to whether this could be a real life divorce situation. Yeah, it's funny. We started out like this, Ellen and I. We had blank walls, we hung things, we picked out tiles together. Then you know what happens? Six years later, you find yourself singing Surrey with a fringe on top in front of Ira! Do we have to talk about this right now? Yes, I think that right now actually is the perfect time to talk about this because I want our friends to benefit from the wisdom of my experience. Right now, everything is great. Everyone is happy. Everyone is in love. And that's wonderful. But you got to know that sooner or later, you're going to be screaming at each other about who's going to get this dish. This $8 dish will cost you $1,000 in phone calls to the legal firm of That's Mine, This Is Yours. Harry. Please. Oh, see, that's not a nice thing to say yes, about lawyer. Do me a favor for your own good. Put your name in your books right now. Before they get mixed up and you don't know whose is whose. Because someday, believe it or not, you'll go 15 rounds over who's going to get this coffee table. This stupid wagon wheel Roy Rogers garage sale coffee table. I thought you liked it. I was being not. First thing you notice about that is, geez, Billy Crystal looked very young. He just doesn't look that way anymore. Right. <laughs> Meg Ryan still looks great. Anyway, is that close to home for you? Very. Okay. Very close to home. I mean, even when in my own divorce, I remember we, we were going through the house and everything was fine until we got to the Christmas ornaments. And he wanted to divide the Christmas ornaments, which actually would be fair, except that I I was very sentimentally attached. And I had this breakdown. I was like, I cannot give up any single <laughs> ornament in this box. Right. right. <laughs> and, you know, he was kind enough to, to let me keep all the ornaments. Oh, that's good. See, that's... And that, I think, is... Maybe something you should fight over, but what the the Harry character in the movie was saying is you're going to fight over everything just because you hate each other. But I think fighting for, or at least expressing the desire to keep Christmas ornaments, something like that. I mean, you could go to Walmart and buy a bunch of new Christmas ornaments and replace them, you know, dollar for dollar, but they wouldn't replace your memories of that stuff. And okay. sometimes that's all we have, right? Absolutely. Well, are there, are there any misconceptions about divorce or about what you do? What, what in your world, what are, what are things that happen that people have a misimpression about? Yeah, I think the first thing is most people think that they're angry divorces, which is actually only a third of divorces. So two thirds are amicable or cooperative, but only a third are angry and only 10% wind up in court having mm -hmm. a trial. Mm -hmm. Would you say... Your style is more of the, and you'll pardon the cliches, but the pit bull litigator or the super nice mediating type. I was a pit bull litigator early on when I was a baby lawyer. Mm -hmm. And luckily, about 
13 years ago, I got trained as a mediator and collaborative attorney. And, and that is much more my style. So mm -hmm. I, I do much more of that and a lot less litigating these days. You do, I imagine, still come across opposing counsel who are, for lack of a better word, ruthless. I mean, I, I worked at Lord's Weekly in Boston for 15 years, met tons of family lawyers. And most of them, by the way, very good at what they do, care about their clients, and don't fight for the sake of fighting. But there are some in town that have the reputation, you know, and, and sadly, they're usually the ones that get paid the best because they're the ones that when, you know, crazy rich people say, I need the person that's going to absolutely destroy my spouse. You get those people. So are, are those people still out there? And how do you deal absolutely. with it? Absolutely. And they, they actually pride themselves in that reputation, being huh. the Darth Vader of divorce. Yeah. Oh, God. So how, what do you do when you come up against Darth Vader, Luke? <laughs> well, I consider myself Princess Leia. Princess Leia, sorry. Well, that, and, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm very honest with my clients. You know, this is who you're up against. And if you want someone that's going to be a hardcore litigator to fight that battle, I can give you a name of, you know, several people to interview that, that have that same style. It's just not going to be me. Hmm. And I mean, at this point, life is too short. I mean, there's so much stress and uncertainty, especially in litigation. And I, I, I prefer not taking those cases anymore. I just, I, I'm luckily at that point in my career where I can be more selective about the clients that I take. Hmm. Well, you do deal in an adversarial world and you live in an adversarial city. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the perfect person to ask about this. Well, first of all, ask, what, what, is, what is it like, has it like been living in DC over the past, oh, I don't know, four or five years when, you know, by this reporter's observation, the country has, in in, in a sense, just lost its mind, and it and just the the division is real. The and it's just I just think more than any other time, there are people on this side that can't even or don't even bother to at least acknowledge the point of view of this of that side over there. So, what's it like from where you sit? Yeah, I would say it's been harder the last several years because prior to that, I mean, I had clients that were both Republicans, Democrats. I dated people that were in both parties. Like really? it just didn't matter. Yeah, sure. You know, and we could be very respectful, but it, in the last several years, it is much more uh, divided and people aren't willing to listen to the other side as much. And, and that, that is very difficult. I'm not on any dating apps right now, but I, I was. Lucky you. I <laughs> I was in, in recent months anyway, and I tended to give a second look to the women who wrote No Trumpers. On, I'm, I guess I'm yes. showing, showing my political colors here. But, you know, a person could be beautiful and nice and charming, but even I, who tries to see the good in everyone, if, you're, if you were fanatical and wore a red hat, that first date would not go so well. But it's funny now. I think maybe more than ever people that becomes a thing it was one of the first things you know you, you said that do you think that's more so now than ever that single people have to consider the political views of those that they want to date yeah absolutely yeah have you ever had a relationship or date gone awry because of that or, or do you choose care, more careful than that i guess part of it is i i, I really am curious of why people choose to vote for Trump. So I have gone on dates with people that, that vote for Trump. It does, doesn't mean a date stops and ends and I, I can't have a perfectly fine evening with somebody. No. I, I'm genuinely curious, what would make you vote for that person? What 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 is it that 
appeals to you. So, I mean, that, maybe that's just it. I feel like there's just a lack of curiosity anymore. People have their positions, what they they feel is right and what they feel is wrong. And there's there's very few people willing to just have a conversation. I give you a lot of credit for that because you know, I was brought up by crazy bleeding heart liberals. And so I do bleed blue. I mean, I'm from Massachusetts. I mean, what are you going to do? But the people that simply say things, and I see some of my friends on social media say, you know, if you voted for Trump, unfriend me. You know, I don't. And I've seen that. Yeah, and and I understand the motivation because that's a man capable of enraging you. He just is. But to me, I say, well, you're not even going to listen to him. And to me, I was like you. I had three, probably three people, maybe more, that I considered to be close friends and good people that I, that I actually could count on. And I just noticed on social media they were posting pro-Trump stuff. And I got to say, it did sh- shock me. But I would engage them a little bit. You can't get too far into the mud because everyone gets pissed off at each other. But, like, to at least pose questions, you know, you know what? Uh, how do you support the guy when he made fun of a physically challenged reporter? How do you support the guy when he says this? And the smart people had answers. They're like, you know, I... I don't some of them would say something like, I don't care about his personality. I care about the way the country's going to look after he's done. And at least that's a straight faced answer. Like I could live with that. But yeah. and, and, I, yeah, and I don't understand the people that, you know, the, the, there was one woman on social media saying that like, you should we should make voting voting records public. I was, I was like, oh, sure. That's great. Like everybody that voted for Trump should have to wear a, a red armband. And they should have to put it on their resume. So when we interview them for jobs, we'll know. In fact, let's create a list. Let's call it the blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's where we're going. So right. you can you can go too far down the road. Anyway. All right. Well, are you ready for a round of burning questions? Your Regina's completely, Regina's completely unprepared for this. She's very brave, though. So let's do this. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. This is a special would-you-rather version of Burning Questions. First question. Would you rather travel back to the past or to the future? And why? Oh, I'd rather travel to the future, no doubt, because you already know what happened in the past, right? I mean, I don't want to reread a book that I've already read. I know how it ends. I'd like to know what's going on in the future. No, that's a good answer. However, you don't know what it was like in 1783 or whatever. Would, Would you be curious about that? Well, from from the point of view of a Hispanic female, I'm pretty sure I'd be like scrubbing toilets. So <laughs> I don't really need to know what was going on for Hispanic females in those days. Yeah, that's a good answer. Although knowing you, I bet you'd you'd liberate the the female scrubbing the toilets somehow. You know, create a revolution. Would 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 you rather be able to read minds or be invisible? Be invisible. What would you do if you're invisible? How would you use those powers? Be honest. I mean, I'd like to see what people really do in their in their lives as opposed, especially my clients, right? Because they will report one thing, but I would love to be invisible and actually see what goes on in their homes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's a part of every one of us, I think, that wonders what's said about us after we leave a room. Right. You know, pre-COVID when we used to actually be in rooms with people. Would you rather live without music or movies for the rest of your life? That's tough. But I would have to pick, I'd live without music. So you're a movie person? Yes. 
they're, they're like great stories. It's a great way to unwind at the end of the day. I'm a big movie freak myself. Do you have a favorite movie of all time? Probably as good as it gets. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love that line where she says, you need to pay me a compliment. And he says, fine, because of you, I take my meds. <laughs> right. Right. And she says, what do you mean? He says, well, I usually take the blue ones or tape, but when I'm with you, I take the red ones. She goes, I don't understand. And he says, I, what does he you say? make me want to be a better person. Make me want to be a better man. That was, that yeah. was an alley-oop you just gave me. Yes. And, uh, and she just melts. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's a cool story because it's people, you know, the, the weird people out there probably outnumber the normal people in life. We just have to admit that to ourselves. And so it's the fact that someone like the Nicholson character and the Helen Hunt character could date, you might say, oh, come on, he's, he's weird, he's disturbed, he's way too old. But sometimes the weird stuff works, and they find each other, they help each other. It's a cool story. Greg can and her mom tells her to really, like, focus on what's, what's on the table. She's like, really? You know, he's not a bad person. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Last movie for the, the great Harold Ramis, I think. He, he died a few years after that. He was in that. And see, so you get me talking about movies. I can't stop. And uh, Greg Kinnear was Kinnear. Greg Kinnear nominated for an Oscar in that movie. He is great in, is it called Blackbird? Is a new I've seen it. I was just going to tell you, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great show, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. Greg Kinnear is great. Yeah. Ray Liotta. I mean, it's it's so sad that he's not with us anymore, but he he went out on a high note. Really great. Yes. All right. I'll ask you one more, then we'll move on. Would you rather be always overdressed or underdressed? Over. So are you a person that likes to get gussied up, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I'm a total girly girl, except during COVID. <laughs> it's been heartbreaking. I mean, everyone sees me in golf attire these days. and. <laughs> Well, you can, I mean, you can look sharp in golf attire. It's better sure. than, you know, it's better than like gym wear or whatever. But, but you're right. It's, I haven't worn, I, I've been wearing jeans for three years, I feel like now, or shorts. I, I just, I haven't really had a big motivation or occasion to put on real pants. And that's just the way of the world now. Do you like a costume parties? No. Not so much. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, this podcast is over. I'm just kidding. Oh. We're gonna, before we go, I'm just kidding. By the way, if you want to get in touch with Regina, and you should, she's a great person to network with. And, of course, if you have any questions about family law, particularly in the D.C. area, it's ReginaDemeo.com. That's Regina, a typical spelling, and Demeo, D-E-M-E-O.com. Is that the best way to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Okay. We're going to play a round of good stuff. I didn't steal your good stuff, did I? Was it the Blackbird show? Oh, okay, okay, you got another one. Okay, but before we do that, let me take one minute to say what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. It's where you go if you want your own podcast. Podcasting is a great way to expand your network, enhance your network. You'll invite people onto your show. They'll be amazed. Your guests can be your clients, your prospective clients, just people you want to meet, people you want to hang out with, and we'll profesh, we'll profesh. We'll produce a professional product for you. You edit out those things when it comes to real podcasting. And... Go to pod617.com to get started. Be the next big podcast star of the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play good stuff. Come on. That's the good stuff. Most people dance to the B-52s, Regina. You failed that test. Oh, I was supposed to dance. It's Zoom. There's only so much it can do. So you're forgiven. I'm just kidding. What do you have to recommend to our listeners today? 
Well, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. So if, if I had to pick an author for people to, to read, it would be her for sure. Or the pot, the Ted talks that she does. They're fantastic. You know, the one about, hold on, hold on for, for the uncultured among us. I, I or I might've just missed the name who, what was her name? Her Yeah. Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Okay. I thought you said Bernie Brown and I'm like, geez, I want, I got to find out who this Bernie Brown person. Is. Okay. Yes. Oh, no. Tell us about Brene Brown. So her most popular Ted talk is on vulnerability. Right. And, and it's funny cause she says that if she's on an airplane and she doesn't want to talk to somebody, she's an introvert. So she'll, when they ask what she does, she says, I study shame and that <laughs> shuts them up. <laughs> oh man. And, yeah, it's a great talk, but it made me think, and if someone were to ask me that question, well, first of all, I'm an extrovert and I don't mind talking to people on a plane, but if they asked me what I do, I would say I manage vulnerability. Mm. I've got a clip here of Is there something exactly about, what you're talking me about that if other people know it this or see it, that I won't be worthy of connection? What underpinned this shame, this I'm not good enough was excruciating vulnerability this idea of in order for connection to happen we have to allow ourselves to be seen really seen the one thing that keeps us out of connection is our fear that we're not worthy of connection I took all of the interviews where I saw worthiness where I saw people living that way and just looked at those what they had in common was a sense of courage and so these folks had very simply the courage to be imperfect. That's they just a little clip of uh, her TED talk, the power of vulnerability, Brene Brown. I'm going to check that out because that's j even just from what I just heard. I like you like to consider myself an extrovert and I like to consider myself brave, I guess, but that, that the, the ability to be imperfect and to not be, afraid of getting embarrassed or making a fool out of yourself is a real thing, right? Well, I mean, why do you think I go to a golf course? It's so humbling. <laughs> <laughs> You're brave. That's why. Right. But no, I mean, I like, I'm not uh, shy, but I'm not necessarily like, I know people that will go up to like, you know, we'll be in a room to be like, Hey, you know, I, I think that guy's, uh, a weatherman on the channel 10 news and I go, well, why don't you go ask him? I go, no, I don't want to ask him. That'd be rude. And this friend of mine would be like, I'll go ask him. Hey, oh, you I always do that. I'm the one to ask. No. All right. I got to yeah. have with you. I marvel at those people. Yeah. I marvel. Yeah, at no, you look, you have nothing to lose. If, if you, if you don't ask for something, the answer will always be no. Mm, great point. I'm saving yeah. that. I'm sa I got to tell my intern, Jimmy, save that clip. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have an intern. Not here anyway. So, Great recommendation. So, power of vulnerability, and she has a like book, a book that's kind of a many books. Okay, yeah, yeah. One one is called Braving the Wilderness, which I think is fantastic. Especially, I mean, for all of us during COVID, we have faced the wilderness, right? I mean, I'm a single mom with running her own business during a pandemic with no family in the area. Mm. I, I mean, if you're not brave, I don't know what <laughs> what yeah, choice what are you, you gonna have? do, right? Yeah, you can get pretty brave pretty quick, but but that's good stuff. Uh, that's good inspirational stuff. Now, of course, my choice is just going to bring people down because it's a documentary movie about a a pretty serious, severe topic, and I chose it in part because it does touch upon elements of family law, Regina. This is on Netflix. It just came out recently. It's called I Just Killed My Dad, and I'm going to play just a little bit of the trailer so you all get a 
flavor for it. The scariest thing about Anthony is he's just kind of like a blank slate. I don't know if he has empathy. We've now learned Anthony Tompley is accused of shooting and killing his father. He died at the hands of his own son. He said his father physically attacked him. I did not see any bruising or injuries to Anthony. He was definitely shooting to kill. This is not just a random shooting. Maybe there's a reason. I shouldn't be charged with anything. Because I didn't do anything wrong. Well, how's that for a teaser? So it is, is it a series? Yeah, I think it's a series of three episodes. Yeah, I don't know. Just go to Netflix. You'll figure it out, people. But I... I'm a sucker for any documentary that's well done. The great stories, you don't have to over-dramatize them and add, like, some spooky narrator talking about murder. You just let the people tell the story. And this is, of course, a very sad story. The story begins with the news that this teenage kid has shot his father to death. And you say, what could possibly drive someone to do that? And then as the story unfolds, you, you find out why. And although it's a tragedy... There are some good elements of hope at the end and people that actually rally around this kid and he's able to actually turn this tragedy into some like new relationships. I don't want to give it away, even though it really happened, but you haven't seen that yet, I take it. No, not yet. All right. Well, and then the family law stuff comes up because it turns out as a kid, this Anthony kid was the subject of a, a child custody case that becomes key to the story. All right. I've teased it enough. I've told you enough people. You have to go watch it. Will you watch that and, re- and report back to me? Again? I will. Okay. Just another thing that you, you, everybody can add to their net, Netflix list, yeah, unless you've reached the end of Netflix, which some of us felt like we were during the pandemic. Anyway, we're up against the clock here. Regina, I hope you had fun. Oh, I had a great time. Thank you. You're welcome. You did awesome, just as I thought you would. And again, go to reginademeo.com to learn more about Regina and her practice. And she's the goods. She gets the Boston Podcast seal of approval. Like you needed that. Eh, whatever. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the Boston Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And go to pod617.com if you'd like your own show. On behalf of Regina, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.